Chuck and Julie, bringing you the truth straight up. I'm Julie Hagan. I'm working at... An Emmy-winning former investigative reporter, a highly successful trial attorney, and publisher of a major Denver-area newspaper. They've been partners as talk show hosts and in marriage as parents for over 10 years, providing thought-provoking information, opinion, and entertainment live, local, and interactive. Everyone's voice is always welcome on The Chuck and Julie Show. Well, hello, everybody. Chuck Bonniewell, Julie Hayden at Chuck and Julie Grassroots Show, True Straight Up, brought to you by... The show brought to you by Mountain West Wellness, Advanced Acupuncture, and Chinese Medicine, and HappyTrees.co. A um, lot to talk about the proposed Bonniewell Amendment, Rocking the Rhino Boat. Rocking the Rhino World. We'll get to that in a minute. But first, we're pleased to have with us Michael Brandau. He is the author, as author, a social commentator. He's got a great new book out, What's the Problem Now? Black Grievances and White Guilt. Uh, Michael, thank you for your time. and welcome yeah, Good to, to have you. Show. Oh, hey, thank you for having me. So when I was reading sort of the synopsis of the book, it was sort of billed as you're saying things that everybody's thinking, but nobody... Every grouchy middle-aged white guy is thinking, but, but not But saying. no one says. Is that, is, <laughs> Every is that old Chuck white Mike? guy, yeah. <laughs> Just, you know, Chuck originally, when we had the show started years ago, formed the, what is it, the Crabby Old White Guys Club, yeah. which anyone could join as long as they were old and crabby. <laughs> yeah, it could be female, it could be anything, but you had to be old and you had to be crabby. You didn't have to be old, you had to be crabby. That's what I'm reduced to. <laughs> so tell us what what is it that you're saying that the rest of us are thinking but that we but we're too afraid to say well i this is a kind of dark comedy about race i try to keep it light i don't want to be too uh pushy i i don't want to try and educate people the the left woke folk are doing that enough these days yeah. um and i try not to spare anyone i don't spare white people especially not Woke whiteies who are constantly uh, pointing a finger at people like me for being a white guy and for being so white and, and assuming they have some kind of special relationship with black people. But I also cross a line and, and I, I criticize certain black people who blame all their problems on, on old white guys. Yeah. Well, it's tough to be really, I would say anymore, probably the most discriminated class in America is an, a, crabby old white a, a crabby old white guys. I mean, they can't catch a well, break. Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> how, did, how did we get here, do you think? Oh, gosh, I blame the academics for everything. They started yeah. everything. Yeah. <laughs> well, and they're trying. And even though and you're right, some of them. Um, and, you know, your Karens and some of the, I mean, it's a stereotype, but I think there's some truth to it, that some of the people, the more I think they're guilty they feel, the more they push white guilt on the rest of us, even though none of us have really actually done anything that wrong at all. Um, and yet, then they virtue signal somehow if you if you don't go along with them. Or I, I, I think it's it's their own personal guilt trip, and if they want to ha- keep it to themselves and self-flagellate, that's fine with me. But just keep it to yourself, you know. That's right. Well, but there really is no white guilt. What what there is is liberals uh, purporting to have white guilt, and and therefore demanding that you do whatever they say. They don't actually feel guilty about anything, or they feel guilty about all the awful things they've actually done. Well, what they just use it as as a as a uh, club uh, to club everybody else and 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 yeah. claim they're virtuous. 
and feel superior. Yeah, it's yeah. funny. I, I talk about in chapter two. I talk about how I first started noticing this phenomenon with friends, many of whom are former now. Um, taking these, I call them virtue trips, and then I call them guilt trips to Africa, go mm, to ground yeah. zero of the yeah, slave yeah. trade, and this is basically tourism. They're traveling in, you know, luxury, you know, to visit um, where the slaves are shipped off off the coast of Senegal, and uh, then they would come home and publicize, broadcast how personally transformative these trips have been. <laughs> no, the slaves didn't go in first class airplanes to the new world. <laughs> They should take that trip in a slave boat uh, down in the uh, the bottoms where the slaves were. Then they're going to be transformed. Yeah, yeah. Well, and transformed from what to what? Transformed <laughs> from mildly guilty to obsessively guilty, or transformed from mildly obnoxious to obsessively obnoxious? I, it's, I, you know, what? How were they transformed? Well, it was kind of like a religious retreat. I think they felt cleansed. And they could they could preach the rest of us. I, I went oh, and I saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. You know, we have some. I wouldn't say friends, but associates. And I've always found it for years. I've, I was a TV reporter, and so I covered a lot of stories involving children and poverty and things like that, right? And I always found it interesting. We have these people we know who do, do they travel to Africa and they raise all their money, all this money from other you know guilty white rich people to go spend on children in Africa. And I've often said, you know, you could go into the Denver public school system. Yeah, you don't have to go to Africa. Oh God, parents yeah. don't have the money to buy them the books, the school supplies, or, you know, the first day of school clothes. You know what I mean? And yeah, nobody wants to, nobody cares about those kids. Well, there's an attraction to the exotic in there, too. So. Right, right. Well, and it's you not as fun to take it. it. Yeah, it's not as fun to take a trip, really. To, you know. Yeah, you take a whole trip, stay at Club Med, they, one of their first club meds in the world was in Senegal. I'm sure that's where they stayed. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you're in New York and it, it, from I gather from your book, it's, it's almost impossible to avoid this phenomenon in New York. Well, especially in my neighborhood, I'm in Greenwich Village, which um, is not bohemian. I mean, it rests on that path, but it hasn't been bohemian in gener- generations. It's, it's uh, an extreme extremely white woke neighborhood and i have to be careful what i say and uh honestly i think when word gets out about this book uh <laughs> you're gonna be barred you're not gonna be able to go to any of those restaurants or coffee houses <laughs> Do they have coffee houses anymore <laughs> although i did i did do um, coney island um yeah yeah um but i did um during uh the uh uh 2020, when they were going on, I went to all the pro-police rallies down at City Hall because I I support our men and women in blue who are, believe it or not, the most diverse group of people on the planet. They're not all white guys, not by any measure. And I went and I met people there. There were a lot of cop families and uh, a a lot of kind of working class people and a lot of heavy presence in Staten Island, which, as you might know, is our only red borough. Yeah, the only yeah. place where Republican even has a chance of winning anything, and it was so refreshing to me. It really was, and and I, it scared me though because I realized I'd been in New York almost forty years, forty years at that point, and it was the first time in so many years I could remember having anything in common with New Yorkers. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like Chuck. That's pretty Chuck. bad. 
Chuck lived in Denver, you know, in the heart of Denver, and it was like for the longest time, the, the only Republican that you, he'd go to the conventions or the caucuses and he'd be like the only one there. So, well, I also I was, born, I was born in New York and I, I used to go to the coffee oh, house yeah. in the early yeah. 60s. Um, and and uh, wow. kind of you know, they let you play for if you, if you sucked, you could play for free, um, <laughs> a car or something, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, nobody in the village, you did that. Yeah, I did that. Uh-huh. I did. <laughs> wow, that's pretty cool. That was kind of a, a Bob Dylan wannabe. Yeah, then he went um, on to become a lawyer. So. Yeah, well, same, same difference. That's what that's Bob became right. anyway. Um, but but we were down at a back the blue rally in Denver, and and it, it was it was fun. So the police uh, did not hold back the Antifa people. <laughs> Julie got punched out. So backing the blue was wow. not, not very. <laughs> You know, they didn't want to hurt those Antifa people, so they just let them right in, and we had a nice, nice uh, smash up and stuff. And we're all going now. Why are we backing you guys? <laughs> Not so much anymore. Well, you know, Michael. You know, the, the reason I mean, there are several reasons I like this, but it is an intriguing topic because I think they we got here in part because most people just want to be nice, right? Most people don't want to argue with their friends, they don't want to argue with their neighbors, and and what happened is I think some of this is just sort of crept in insidiously, and you know, so you just kind of were. I mean, we're not being quiet anymore, obviously, but you know, so you would when you're, you know, when you're, you know, mom. Mom's group at Starbucks would make some sort of comment about the money that their fourth grader was raising for children in Africa or something like that. You go, oh, that's nice. You know, and I didn't say, well, what about the kid who sits next to him? You know, that kind of thing. But then all of a sudden they start attacking him for it. I mean, it's just interesting. It's it's hard to speak up, I think. And that's why I think a book like this is great because it kind of points out, it sounds like it's sort of a satire and humorous too, right? Yeah, a lot of it is. I mean, it's heavily footnoted in case people want to go any deeper and or see where where any of the things I I allude to come from. But yeah, I try to be funny. I try to keep a a sense of humor because if you don't, you you just dry up and become brittle and you break. And that's what happened in 2020. A lot of people broke and cities started burning. So yeah, yeah. And the liberals have no. Well, I, I don't know if you saw the story today, but Northwestern football coach and the team's under huge scrutiny because the black players indicate that they're not allowed to demonstrate and live like black players um that it's an insidious form of racism in which they they're you know they're told to go to class and stupid (laughs) white things like that (laughs) oh i see i see you know they, they can't do drugs that's whitey oppression once again um, no, no, the, oh, the white those dominant look- culture, yeah, yes, 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 like the math, yeah, the math of the white dominated, and, and there are all these players <laughs> going to the Northwestern Daily, um, complaining about the rampant racism in the football program, uh, because they can't yeah, be you really black, you know, yeah, going to class, you know, drug tests, oh, <laughs> that's white oppression, white oppression. <laughs> They can't shoot any people. Uh, you know, none of the shooting is allowed, even though Northwestern's in Chicago. So you <laughs> think shooting other them. people would be fine. But no. Nope, yeah. Nope. Poor Chicago. I feel for it. I really do. Yeah. yeah. That's what I, have a <laughs> I was born in Detroit. And I oh, well, there you go. They're on the way there. And I didn't get to know the city until the mid-70s, which was an exciting time. I was a punk rocker, and I went to the club. Oh, uh-huh. There you go. <laughs> Well, there you go. Well, um, what are some other things that you talk about, some of the other chapters in your book? Um, 
I begin with um, anecdotes. Um, that's the real thrust of the book, I think, and it's what it's my version of what the left calls lived experiences. <laughs> and I talk about some of my my brushes with with black people. I mean, don't, I hate to make this apology. Everyone prefaces any sort of criticism about black people um, with the I have nothing against black people. I love them. <laughs> I've had two black boyfriends. I've had two black lovers. Black is beautiful. But um, I've had a lot of unpleasant brushes in, in over 41 years in, in New York City, and, and I talk about this in detail. I don't think that's ever been done before. Wow. Um, some of them are funny, and some of them are scary. Well, give us give us a couple. Well, yeah, there was um, one of the funnier ones was uh, when I had my first colonoscopy. Oh, that's okay. a funny I, experience. <laughs> I was waiting. I was nauseous and queasy as everyone is with the prep after the prep work, and I was sitting there in a the gown waiting with a, and a whole room full of people who were all waiting. And I, I was called, and I got up to go and get wheeled in. And uh, the black man who was seated next to me started screaming. The black man's always last, you know, always making the <laughs> black man wait. And I just, what are you talking about? And it got thought at him that the doctor had to hide because he was looking for him. And, and um, I just remember, and at some point I sat down and I said, look, if, if you really want to go ahead of me to be anally probed, buddy, you go right ahead because I'm in no hurry here. You know, uh, you know, maybe you won't feel so so oppressed. But I had to go because they had me scheduled. That's one of the <laughs> <one hundred>. <laughs> <laughs> we, have, we have a friend who's a black, and he, he doesn't like to say he's a black man. He says he's a man who happens to be black, and he's a MAGA okay. supporter. And he it, he lives in the Boulder area, and Boulder is very liberal out here. And um, oh, he takes he takes enormous gets enormous glee from wearing his MAGA hat, making America oh. great red hat MAGA into right. into uh, the bars and the restaurants, and and he just causes riots. Well, they much short circuit when they see that. What is what is that black face, a red hat that that doesn't? Yes, they do. He says they try to explain to him that he's oppressed, and he's like, "I own my own business. I have nice cars." He's like, "I'm not oppressed," and they're like, "No, you don't. You are oppressed. You just don't understand." And and you know, and, and then then they get in fights with them, and then he takes pictures of them shouting stupid things at him, and he posts it. So, oh, I want I want to follow him. Give me his, his information later. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to. Well, he sends them to me. He he doesn't tweet. He sends them to other people. So he he's oh, like, okay. we'll get him to tweet. We'll get him and call you. He's, you probably his name is Tim Smith. You probably actually know him. He's one of these guys who knows everybody. He knows everybody in the universe. But anyway, but it is funny though because he loves to tweet people for exactly what you're talking about, right? Right. Um, that they, they say, well, you're oppressed. You don't know it. Or, you know, you need to whatever. And oh, he says, no, I'm doing fine. Yeah. yeah. It's all Are about you... race to the left, except when it doesn't fit their narrative, then it's no longer. I mean, I don't, I don't know if you've noticed since the Supreme Court's uh, decision on affirmative action in college admissions. Um, since then, Asians have started being called agents of white supremacy now. Ah, there you go. They don't fit the narrative. And the fact is the left is always when they out, they never meant anyone but black black people. When they said people of color or or so-called POCs, they always meant black people. Now it's really just black people against the world. Yes, yes. Well, it's like uh, Zimmerman. The New York Times, George Zimmerman, uh, was described as a white Hispanic. Yeah. Um, oh, right, as opposed to a black Hispanic, yeah. <laughs> well, it's talking, 
Chuck has been having fun with academia because he hates academia as well, um, Michael. And he was one of the things he found that was funny is now, though, they're going after they've decided that at colleges, the legacy students, that's oppression and discrimination, too. So all these rich people who are paying to get their kids into Harvard to Harvard are now are now they're suing. They're suing to get rid of the legacy, legacy media or legacy tradition at Harvard, which I think would be great because it would bankrupt the place. No longer would people giving three, four, five million dollars just to make sure. No more donations. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, it would be great if they got rid of the legacy deal. <laughs> so like- Harvard has is, is, is become so arrogant because they really are like a papal state or something. They right. are damn rich. They, they, they can do anything they want. They're, they're filthy rich. And they could live yes. on that for years. Right. Well, it is kind of funny watching some of this um, in the media because um, I love, because I do, I, I am hopeful that common sense will eventually nah. prevail. Exactly. And to watch, I don't know if you follow Alex Berenson, who was a former New York Times reporter who got, who, who's done a ton of stuff on COVID um, and really wonderful stuff, who's been banned from Twitter, YouTube, et cetera, et cetera. And it's been kind of funny. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and I mean, he, you can tell he really wants to be liberal, but he can't be anymore. And he's lost all his friends because he exposed the COVID stuff. Today, he had a thing. He apparently lives in New York. Well, somewhere up by Hudson and it rained a lot. And 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 he he said, OK, I really don't want to talk about climate change, but I have to because it's become so stupid. He's like, it was a rainstorm. It rained in my house. Two of my three kids slept through it. And it's just kind of funny watching him. He's like, I just I just can't take these stupid liberals anymore. And he's like, I don't know where I fit in in the world these days. <laughs> and they're not liberals. They're, they're not even really progressives. They're just radical nuts. <laughs> <laughs> they're well, wannabe trannies. Yeah. They missed well. out on their big chance. <laughs> Well, you bigot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it is funny. We've talked about that. There is a definite hierarchy of victimhood, right? Um, we have a good friend who's who's um, gay, um, but he found that um, that was trumped by, you know, I didn't mean to pun there, but, you know, being black trumps being gay, at least in Denver. Um, being transsexual trumps everything right now. But it, but he Especially was, if you're taking hormone blockers and, right. and, and really, you know, that's uh, a new... Mm-hmm. But, but it, it, it's just funny that certain, you know, and, and it is kind of funny watching the media too, as they, like, there'll be a crime, right? And and then all of a sudden it's the cross-dressing guy in Philadelphia. Um, right, exactly. And they don't talk about it. Yeah. No. And it just goes <laughs> away. And you don't ever hear what happened to that guy who attacked Paul Pelosi, right? We never hear any more about that either. So. Put him exactly. away. Exactly. Well, how do you, so, well, I mean, what's the reception been? I mean, are you giving it to liberal friends or are you just kind of <laughs> leaving it casually well, at coffee shops? Some of them I sent uh, a link to and uh, you know how you can delete uh, return responses on, on Facebook message. One of my oldest friends I know is an extremely left-wing lesbian, you know, one of the founders of Art Magazine. I mean, I knew she wasn't going to like it, but I thought, oh, I'll just see. Well, she replied about the book and then deleted the reply. So I take that to be a negative. <laughs> <laughs> what was in there was pretty <laughs> negative. <laughs> well, I know I've had things too. I was in the media, as I said, for years, and I'll have 
former colleagues like periodically post on my Facebook saying, I don't know what happened to you, Julie. You've changed. <laughs> I'm like, no, I just had my eyes oh. open. And I kind of want to say, actually, I didn't change. You guys changed. Because I don't think we used Thank to you. be able to Thank have you. common sense approaches. Well, One we started out. friends in the world, she, 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 she asked me once when, when uh, City Journal was asking if I wanted to write for them. It hasn't happened yet. But I, w- I was honored. And I told her, so, oh, my God, Michael, what happened to you? I said, what happened to me? These are all the same people. I started writing for Hilton Kramer in the 1980s and David Horowitz. And, and I mean, and, and what's happened to you? Everything shifted. All of a sudden, I'm, I'm not even a neocon anymore. I'm, I'm a fascist. Yeah. <laughs> well, we started out our radio program, I don't know how many years ago. Um, and it was kind of a, uh, I was a conservative voice and Julie was, was the liberal voice, you know, kind of those handy combs kind of things. Um, and then she started changing and, and, and she, <laughs> she started agreeing with me. Everybody accused me of, of, of force feeding her conservatism. And I got, no, I want her to stay in her lane. We've got a radio program here. She's supposed to be the damn liberal. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, we're talking. We're, we're talking like 15 years ago now, but it is so. I guess I did change a little bit, but a little bit. But mostly, I didn't change. Like I said, I still believe in the same things. It is the liberals that change, and they become. I mean, it became the liberals were the one who were tolerant. The liberals were the one who were opposed to war. The liberals were the uh-huh. one who were working for the middle class, and now they're like, you can't have a gas stove. You can't even have a leaf blower. Now they don't have to worry because they have people, who, the elites, who do their yard, right? But if you're like me and you're out there on Okay, lower, you know. Yeah, yeah, and and it is, and and the the new so called left now is 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 a privileged class. They're, they've all been to the same elite schools, and uh, uh, they call themselves radical, but they're completely out of touch. Yes, exactly. Well, listen, Michael, I know you've got plenty of stuff to do. We, it's Michael Brandau. Um, what's the problem? Black grievances and white guilt. Where can people people get your book and find out more? And about- argue with people when they buy it. And, yeah, and argue with people. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's available on Amazon globally. So you can get it in any country. And, and it uh, has Amazon. And uh, Barnes & Noble has it on their site. And uh, I've noticed uh, Google Alerts it tells me these things. Some independent bookstores have picked up, picked it up, which is nice. Great. And so you can get it pretty much anywhere. All right. <laughs> All right. Except the village. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no. Those bookstores, I don't even bother asking. Them. <laughs> All right. So, well, thank you thank for your you. time. And thank you for, for a book. Thank I think you. humor nice is... talking is... to you both. All right, you too, sir. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Let's see. Okay, some great comments here from Jim. The burning idea that all men are created with inherent rights existed for many centuries, but is only enshrined in our Constitution. This is true. Um, From Sandra, Chicago's a total hellhole. My sister would agree. Um, From Sandra, they're not liberals. Liberal means free. Nothing the left communists do is for freedom. And then from Mark Poff, some individuals in the media were exposed by the recent SCOTUS decision. They revealed they are biased against Asians and want blacks to be considered the only minority group and feel they were the only group oppressed in American history. It appears they think they are better than the other minorities. There's a word for that. Racist. Mark. (laughs) All pigs are equal. Some more equal than others. Um. 
Well, we'll talk about, we'll get to kind of an interesting thing going on, the attacks on Biden from the liberals, um, who then they blame Republicans for making them attack Biden, which I think is kind of kind of interesting. But first, we want to talk about, we touched on this Friday, the Bonniewell Amendment. Bonniewell Amendment. The Bonniewell Amendment is, is, as I say, you know, creating- Being called ways- clever, tricky. Sneaky, sneaky, not even sneaky, just clever and tricky, kind of like a Democrat. Um, (laughs) And it's kind of making the media and the rhinos are out in force trying to kill it. So it it was um, Dave Williams and and George Brockler talked about it uh, on George's show at eight o'clock this morning. Um, And uh, Dave took a neutral stance, uh, as he should at the beginning of all these things. And, and and George just said, "That's not fair. It's not fair. That's not fair." So describe the Bonneville Amendment. <laughs> if it, the the Democrats wanted to force Republicans into open primaries, um, and so they had a statute passed or a constitutional amendment passed uh, that says that uh, unaffiliated and can vote in Republican primaries, um, and they said if Republicans want to change that. Uh, then they have to do 75, a vote of 75% of all their members, uh, which means... Which is roughly 430 people. Yeah, 430 people, which means that everyone who doesn't show up is an automatic no, or doesn't turn into proxy an automatic no. So I just want, okay, mm-hmm. hmm, why don't we just reverse it? Uh, so I said, if you don't turn in the ballot, it's a yes. And they're going, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. Oh, no. Oh, no, it's so unfair. We're, we're, we're telling the Democrats they can't do what they want to do us. And this is the quick synopsis of this. I got the next show. We're going to, I'm going to play that segment where George, George argues against the, it. It's well, it's come, so here's the thing. So the, the reason that the establishment Republicans want to keep the open primaries, because that allows them to maintain more in power. They hate the idea that Republicans would actually be electing Republicans. So the, the consultant class particularly hates it because Democrats always have way more money. And as we've explained numerous times on the show, the Democrats did this so they can play in and influence Republican primaries and get the best candidate that they think they can beat. That's the whole point of having open primaries from the Democrat point of view. Republicans, the establishment, the whole point of having open primaries is to get a rhino in at the, the, the very least, um, and also for the consultants to make a ton of money from the Democrats who are pouring money into the race. So Chuck, cleverly, because it doesn't say in the statute that if you have a vote and I mean, 75% is an unrealistically high, they never get that many anyway, although you can send proxies. There was just sort of this assumption that a no show would be a no vote. And Chuck said, well, that's what we could just change that. Let's change the bylaw to say a no show is a yes vote. And it's just been <laughs> hilarious watching the rhinos try to figure out why, how to, how to say without saying, look, that could influence our ability to hang on to our power so we can't possibly <laughs> have that go on and, and and yet find a reason why they don't like it because if it's un, i would say to george brocker well if it's unfair that it's a yes i mean they could send a proxy right they could vote themselves right. if they can't show up they could send a proxy right. right and if they don't care enough to do either of those things well why is it more unfair for it to be considered that they're not opposed to it than for it to be a no vote right i mean yeah. well how is that and how is that? Especially here? since you have this super, super majority of 75%. Right. Um, and if, if you don't vote at all, it's considered a yes. Um, while before really? it was considered a no. Yeah. It, it, well, it wasn't that brilliant. <laughs> and it isn't that great. But but 
it's amazing how you can turn the whole world around when you're sitting there, uh, sitting in your chair, uh, <laughs> you know, having a cocktail going, well, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait a minute. It's just funny because I think you said there's a story about this. Actually, I think pretty fairly done by Jesse Paul in the, col- in the, in the Colorado. Not side. really fairly, but, pretty but fairly. behind the scenes, you have to understand. So Dave Williams, the chair, sent emails out about this proposed bylaw change for an upcoming meeting so everybody can read it. Right. Um, Jesse Paul was not on the distribution list. So that means somebody we suspect rhinos, somebody in the in the 400 membership plus membership that got this decided to leak it to Jesse Paul. My so, guess is so he could do an attack story. My guess it. is that they leaked it to Sandra Fish. Sandra yeah. Fish is is and I've met her, I met her during the trial um, and she was just sitting in the courtroom. I went to hi, um, who are you with? And she said, oh, I'm the Colorado son. Uh, oh, great, great. I'm Chuck Bonner. Says, I've heard of you. <laughs> <laughs> and the most snarly, unpleasant uh, so manner. One of those things, so, so if somebody is pushing it in the media, somebody is pushing it on George Brockley, because again, you've, as you've heard us, this is a fairly in the weeds kind of thing. It's not the kind of thing that if you were a reporter and you pitched your editor, they'd be like, well, that sounds compelling, right? <laughs> um, or, or even if- Yes, you, it would. Well, I'm sure. The Bonnie Well Amendment is compelling. It's great. I, I ought to patent it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have more coming. But I think, and it, then it's funny that George Brockler felt obligated. And I don't like George. I always feel like when you say that, people are like, that, that says all you need to say. But but um, George has changed, I think. Um, and it's funny that he feels compelled to talk about it without, of course, calling you to ask you why. Why, why, why would you want to do Bonniewell? <laughs> why, why, why would you want Chuck Bonniewell to discuss the Bonniewell Amendment? Let's have Dave Williams go on because he has to be neutral. So George can argue against it. And all you have is a neutral side. So that's a, an interesting tactic. But it does say something, I think, about how the grassroots and the populists have are taking control and how threatened the establishment people are. And here's the reason they're threatened, because it's just like in El Paso County. Remember, they tried to get grassroots populist Vicky Tom thrown out they made her have all these different elections right and she kept she kept knocking that out of the park right because in the end no matter how much they tried to cricket and play with the rules and regulations way more people supported vicky the grassroots candidate that supported the establishment candidate and that's why they're freaking out right because they don't have the votes well let's go to the bonniewell resolution as opposed to the bonniewell amendment okay the bonniewell resolution was to castigate uh, four Republicans who joined the House Democrats in in uh, complaining about uh, Montana Republicans and and ha- wanting to have a bill that you couldn't generally mutilate your children. Um, and one of those four was Roger Hudson, who is a city councilman now for Castle Rock. Castle Pines. Castle Pines. Oh, yeah, Castle Pines. You're right. Um, more exclusive. Um, oh. no. <laughs> uh, and, and so he, he, having been identified as the big rhino, he is mad. Yeah. And so he sent out an email. Well, you saw the email. But it, was, it was a tweet. So there's, tweet, tweet. And it's been posted on Facebook. So we want to kind of come to the defense here because I think if you're 
for Dave Williams and Anna Ferguson and maybe hopefully Todd Watkins if he becomes vice chair, you don't have time to keep up with all the rhino attacks. It's like, first, you got the Democrats to worry about. But in the meantime, you have the rhino attacks. So Roger Hudson and some other establishment people have been putting out this fake news on and Twitter and on Facebook saying that that Dave Williams and the new leadership has bankrupted the Colorado Republican Party and they're being evicted from their office space. Now, it sounds very dramatic. It sounds like, oh, my God, we need new What's leadership. Happening? What's and, happening? And, and the only problem is, is it's flat out just not true. This is flat out not the prior true. Prior administration bankrupted the party and left it with no money. Um, and Dave is raising money left and right and has raised, I think, like 50000 or something. So he's doing just great. But all the Roger Hudsons and, and the uh, Weinbergs, uh, Ken Weinberg, who's having a, a, a town hall with KBB. Yeah. Showing unity, <laughs> unity. Well, and it's so, and again, they're not, I think what Dave is doing is they're trying to renegotiate the, le- le- I mean, they, what they found and one of these well, days, don't go yeah, let's just say they found a lot of waste. Okay. Yeah. And that's just putting it kindly. Um, perhaps a district attorney wouldn't put it that way. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. um, but so the current leadership, the current new grassroots leadership is taking a hard look at all of the ways that money was being spent before and is cutting out stuff that they perceive to be waste. And so they're not getting rid of the headquarters. I mean, they 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 made it sound like they were paupers and that Dave was somehow taking all the money, even though he's not even taking a salary. So they can't read both ways, right? They criticize Dave for bankrupting the party. And then on the other hand, criticize him for not taking a salary. Like, well, that's terrible. He's not taking a salary, which makes to wonder how much did other people take in the previous mm-hmm. administration we'll get into that later but anyway it's just kind of funny it's just not true right they're not being evicted from the office space so watch what you read there on facebook and twitter because there well, is there is a concerted effort to undermine the current republican party grassroots leadership and they have to do it that way because they know they don't have the votes they know that the current leadership has the support of the people and then they hate it when people like chuck come up with these tricky things tricky 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 things to expose them and to for a change give republicans the upper hand so um you know because it's going to get worse right as you pointed out in the last show kent theory there's another push afoot to say that anyone can vote in democrats can now vote in You don't have to be unaffiliated at all. And since the Democrats never primary anyone, then they can vote in the Republican primary. And elect rhino Democrats. Democrats. Yes. Democrats. There you go. There you right? go. And so, I mean, that's where that's going. So so we need more We need more trickiness. More so, trickiness. So. I, I'm going to go upstairs, get a cocktail, and, <laughs> and think of another tricky amendment. Yeah, Chuck is, I think the, we're, we're enabling Chuck, I have to say that. Yeah, that's right true. Now. And that's dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Charlene is saying, let me see here. Let me go. Um, er, let me go. Um, this is for our son, Charlene. Right. Why would they jump all over it? Broccoli should have called Chuck, but knew Dave had to remain neutral. He could roll him. Like, yeah, and he didn't roll him, but that's a thing. Jim Jackson, way to go, Chuck. If you don't like it, show up and vote. Or send a proxy. How easy is that? Um from Dr. Donna, I know it came in late. Has this been asked regarding the state having the money to carry in its duties as one claiming they don't because of the current state leadership? Um, I, I, Dr. Donna, if you're asking what we were talking about is, okay, you hear that's being addressed. Unity, missed the breakfast this morning and assumed the local party is interested in continuing to kick the can down the road regarding Weinberg. I don't know. And um, So Chuck is going to, though we're enabling him to sit in his, in his recliner and drink vodka, but... Um, 
well, or whatever, whatever. But I guess it's to save the With party. Lemonade. It's to save the party. <laughs> so there's that. So, I mean, and feel free, guys, I, I should have said this, 888-627-6008, 888-627-6008. If you want to call in, if you want to unmute yourself, just go ahead and do that too, and you can chime in. The other thing you wanted to talk about, um, and we'll be keeping you posted on Chuck's Tricky Amendments and um, the, the Rhino Freakout, um, but is... It's been interesting, and I saw Red State kind of agreed with me on this. It's interesting watching the liberal media all of a sudden asking tough questions and kind of attacking Joe Biden. And yeah, yeah, and, yeah. We, and and the Red State said the thing is something going on. And Chuck and I talk about it. I'm like, are they? We came up with it before Red State. We did come up with it before Red State. Um, but it was interesting over the weekend. Well, why don't you explain the Marine Dowd column? Well, Marine. Who's a liberal. Who's a liberal. And so there are all these criticisms of 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 uh, biden that are personal they're they're not about his awful policies in ukraine not about awful bidenomics or high inflation or open borders but but they're kind of getting a little sick of the doddering old man so now they attack him on on peripheral issues and then blame the republicans for doing it it's our fault. The Marine Dowd was forced to write a column criticizing Joe Biden. So she was criticizing him, apparently, and somebody must have leaked this too. Joe Biden, well, let me back up. It's my understanding from um, the, the court filings in the custody case involving the child that Hunter Biden had with a woman that he wasn't married to. Um, yeah, while he sure was, that. I think while he was cheating on his wife with his brother's yeah. wife. But anyway, it's, comp- it's, yeah, it's, complicated. it's complicated. But at any rate, my understanding is, and I, I couldn't tell if this is a joke or not, but but as part of the custody, not the custody, but the child um, support settlement, he's going to let her pick once a month one of his paintings. I Boy, was like, what a lucky what? girl. <laughs> what a lucky girl. A lot of money. She could sell them to China, I guess. Well, I don't know. I don't know they're willing to buy them from, from the, uh, you don't get Joe's influence with the stripper. I mean, Babies and his daughter, who's four, would be like. Well, I can do better than this. Yeah. But at any rate, I don't. I, she should have had a better lawyer. I think she got a lot of money too. But at any rate, Hunter apparently has expressed a certain willingness to acknowledge that the child is his. So no, no, he had true. no willingness to acknowledge that the but child is his. And he took a DNA test, and it proved it beyond a well, doubt that he was the father. So therefore, he's willing to say, "Okay, okay." Well, not willing to say, "Okay," and so part of the settlement, the the child, they wanted to change the child's yeah. name. To Navy Biden, and and they went no, no, you can't do that. But in the meantime, um, some of Biden's staff leaked the fact that he has instructed them to say that he does not have to ignore her existence. Joe, to say, Joe. yeah, Joe, that, that to say only that he has six grandchildren, not seven. And so the liberal people, I mean, the, the conservatives, it's like there's so many things to point out that's bad about Joe Biden. That's, you know, don't even that's go the there. Least yeah. But the liberal people have been melting down over this. And Maureen Dow wrote this column. And, and it's really, it, this is even trickier than the Bonniewell Amendment. Um, she said her Republican sister, Peggy, um, who she often refers to, her Republican sister likes Biden and and very much even voted for Obama and Biden and wrote in Biden uh, in the name in the, in the 2020 election. I would argue election. she's not a Republican. Yeah, but, but you know, her conservative uh, sister who, who votes, loves Joe Biden. And he, she decided to write a letter to Joe Biden castigating him for not acknowledging the child. And then Marine would kind of go, yeah, because, you know, traditional families suck and, and you know, 
cute phrases like out of wedlock. No, that's your little stinker and you're going to claim it or you're not progressive. And and so the, she blamed the criticism on her sister, who's a Republican. And that's what the Chuck Todd does. They they right. all blame Republicans. Well, it's like yeah, they criticize Joe Biden, and that they so that he's under attack basically on um the whole cocaine gate thing, right? I mean that could have gone away, and I think the the corporate media is kind of they're not driving it as much as the yes, conservative they media, but no, they're the driving. Conservative it. media doesn't. There's so much more uh, <laughs> to criticize Joe Biden from. And then, then, then a anonymous bag of cocaine somewhere. Right. I mean, well, you know. to the to the Re- Republicans, it's more funny. I, yeah, I, I yeah, think. Yeah, I mean, yeah. a little concerning about security, but but the Democrats. So the liberals are attacking him about the cocaine gate. Um, and then Axios today had an article talking about that he's always yelling at his staff in there. I mean, it's a, he's like, not nice, Uncle Joe. No, he's mean, Uncle he's Joe. Mean, Uncle Joe. And they go in two at a time, so he can't just. Let one of them have it. Right. And it, I mean, it completely switching up this narrative about what a, what a jerk he is. Right. Of course, then they try to spin it and say, but that just means he's on the ball. That means yes, he's not seeing yes, it. Of course, yes. one could argue that that kind of outburst behavior. is very much a sign of dementia. But anyway, so there are all these weird, as you said, liberal attacks coming against Biden. Um, and, and it's kind of like, what's going on with them? And Chuck Todd addressed it too. And as you said, he attacks him and then turns around and says, it's the Republicans who are doing it, which is just weird. You have that sound, but yes, if we could play the Chuck Todd soundbite, please. Before I close morning doubt, Garrett had a pretty tough piece on, on Joe Biden's, uh, it was about sort of the, the Biden family isn't acknowledging all of Hunter Biden's children. Uh, it's seven grandkids, Mr. President, not six. I think we've all understand the personal challenge and, and, and concern and all of these things that the that the that the president has here. But his political foes are see this and they're trying to exploit. They're try, I mean, it is no doubt every day DeSantis or, or or Trump tries to use Hunter to beat up Biden. Uh, how's that world handling it? Look, I don't think anybody envies the position that the president and his family are in on this issue because his family and Hunter specifically have become his primary political liability in a lot of ways. I mean, look at the cocaine story from the last week and how many Republicans have tried to seize on that issue. It's really kind of ugly the way it's been done. It's kind of it's certainly kind of a tacky play here. But I mean, look, this is as complex as it gets to have to, you know, I think all of us here are parents, right? The idea of trying to balance your family's needs versus your political imperatives is is just ugly and unpleasant yeah. in politics as we're going to get and we're yeah. going to get way down in it i was just going to say over. this is only the beginning a couple of things like we said some or another so he's talking about a liberal column new york times, the new york times column um and then somehow or another it's the republicans who are getting ugly right and, yeah, and, yeah. I mean, these are very delicate things <laughs> all we know about we all have Ill, illegitimate children. We all have well, and and it's 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 so hard to balance everything between the oligarchs <laughs> and stuff. And and so the New York Times is is blaming uh, Biden, and and it's the Republicans' fault because they made Marine Dowd write that comment. <laughs> yeah. They got rid of her kids. Make the Democrats yes. attack by. Yes. But here's what I wonder is going on. I got to wonder if this is in part um, a play to get rid of Joe Biden. I used to kind of think that they didn't care who was president because they have the election so sewn up for all of their new procedures and the way they handle things now that didn't matter. Whoever they could, they could run um, whatever, you know, anybody, the candidate himself or herself doesn't matter. It's just the vote counting that matters. Um, 
But now I wonder if they actually don't like Biden. I mean, what do you think? I think they're they're leaving their options open. Um, if you attack Biden enough um, and and you don't do it on his policies, because we all love the open border, right? And and all the inflation, and we love giving money to Ukraine. You, but you just do enough of that stuff that if he gets thrown out, you go, well, yeah, see, you know, right? Um, that's that's only fair. So they're they're giving their um, they're giving themselves options yeah, and, and then, then blame it on the Republicans. And then blame it from Dr. But, Donna, preparing to bring in the governor of California for presidential candidate. Yeah, no, I mean, he would be, I would think pretty, I mean, he's like nuts. I mean, who wants, it's like, I can now do to the rest of the country what I did to California. I don't think that'd be the greatest campaign slogan. Uh, I don't think Robert Kennedy Jr., you know, he makes a lot of sense sometimes. But to Republicans, he doesn't, he, make, he a doesn't. Lot, he doesn't make a lot of sense. I, just, I don't see that, do you? No, no, because he's not a progressive. So I don't know. I mean, here's the thing. Barack Obama is going through his Rolodex right now, or the digital equivalent of a Rolodex. And then Susan Rice, and they're trying to figure out, and they're going, how about Gavin Newsom? Like, yeah, no. And then Michelle Obama, he's like, no. Hillary Clinton is like, I'll go on no. again. Michelle, you know, the Michigan governor, that's it, that's it. But but then, then Obama stick, sticks his head out and says, it's the inequitable treatment of the Greek migrants dying on a ship compared to the <laughs> to the ocean, the five people. That's grotesque. And somebody else says, well, how's all the murdering in Chicago being? That's inequality. <laughs> and we love how you do it from your own uh, yeah. boat in, in Greece, which isn't overturning with Tom Hanks and everybody else. I mean, it's just the disgustingness of Barack Obama is is becoming more and more evident if it wasn't already right, truly right. evident. Well, yeah. And I, well, again, I don't think he cares because he's running it for behind the scenes, but we'll see. I'm not sure what they're going to do. You got to remember going back when, you know, when Joe Biden became president and became the nominee, um, he was not the favorite by far. And there was essentially, I mean, Ted Trump has said, uh, they acknowledge it, a backroom meeting of all the donors and said, okay, we can't, we, we don't want Elizabeth Warren. We don't want Bernie Sanders. We need somebody that we can control. And so they all decided, okay, they're going to throw their hats behind Joe Biden. So you got to wonder if the same group of people are sitting around trying to figure that out. You know, I don't know. It seems like they've got Joe Biden pretty much under control. So I'm not sure why the media is attacking, but they clearly well, they want to give themselves some options. He was, yeah. I don't know, he was somewhere and he couldn't even sit down. And, you know, they had a video of him with some. Yeah. Uh, and he was trying to talk to one of the guards today at, at, at Buckingham Palace that can't talk. And I can see <laughs> King Charles is like pulling him away. He's like, no, go over here, go over here. Then he held the hand of the Indian prime minister. That was kind of weird. Oh, did he grope her? <laughs> no, to him. It was a, oh, did he grope him? He says holding his hand. It was weird while they were walking. But anyway, um, meanwhile, though, I think this is interesting. Ron DeSantis, it's got to be, a, you know, you got to be bummed. It's like even on Maria Bartiromo. And she said, how come your campaign is sucking? And it's like, <laughs> it's like, I don't want to do any more interviews. I mean, everyone's asking him anymore, why are you sucking so bad? Right, right. Um, and he's not gaining traction. Um, Ramaswamy, I see, has is gaining yeah, points. Uh-huh. Um, and it is kind of like what you often say in politics. If you're not, you know, if you're on the defensive, that's not good. If you're on the offensive. So I don't know what's what's I don't think any of it makes any difference. Um, but I think the DeSantis campaign, at what point? I think it's way too early. Do you think all of the billionaires funding him and the new you know, world order people who are secretly behind him? At what point do you think they just switch horses or can they? Well, they can. And, and they would pick out maybe Tim Scott or probably more likely Glenn Youngkin, Glenn Youngkin, who said he wasn't going to run for president. And then he had some phone calls from some billionaires. Ah, maybe. 
never seen yeah. her. Um, and they might they might jump over to the Glenn Youngkin thing, but um, it's just awkward now. And the times, you know, it's it's starting to tick down. Um, the first debate is in what August? But I would just again submit one of the things that none of the pollsters and none of these people take into account is, unfortunately for Ron DeSantis. Donald Trump is popular with the base. I mean, there's no way to overcome that, right? Well, you could be the best candidate in the world, but everybody is saying, not now, Ron. I mean, and now he's becoming not a good candidate. So, I mean, that's a, an enormous, it's enormous hurdle to overcome, no well, matter he, how he, many consultants you have. It's like, but yeah, but people like Donald Trump better still. Well, in, in Florida, I mean, yeah. he, he, he easily beats DeSantis and they've tried to put up the mayor of Miami to, to cut down on the Trump vote and to cut cut down on the DeSantis vote. I mean, it's just it's just incredible. I mean, he's leading in Miami Dade according to the polls, seventy thirty. I mean, it's yeah. And the, and this from Sandra, there are many on the list that I would not vote for. Period. Well, exactly. It'd be like you know keeping Biden really. Um, and then Charlene Trump is definitely on the offense. Woo hoo. Well, he is, and I think that's the trouble that the Ron DeSantis people have, and 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 the Mike Pence people. I mean, they're all delusional. They all kind of live in their own circle, it, and it goes back to like the rhinos here trying to to tear down the the Bonneville Amendment. They they forget and try to get Vicky Tonkins kicked out. They forget that more people are going to vote for her um, and that more people like Donald Trump. It's, you know, I, I, no matter what Ron DeSantis, like I said, he could be amazing in every other way, but he's still, people are going to be like, right, but we're not, we're still not voting for you, no matter, you know, how many consultants you hire and no matter how many interviews your wife does and no matter how many, what did the tree, conservative treehouse said that was like, they combined she was in this picture where she's wearing a mama bears t-shirt, camouflage style leggings, and then stilettos. And it was sort of like they combined the, I don't, I don't know, three things that people, you know, Sarah Palin, Melania Trump, and, and Lauren Boebert or something. I don't know, some some popular Republican women figures, and they could put it on. Dressed her, her up. Kind yeah, of my guess would be that was not, that's not her typical attire. She looks like she dresses pretty well. But no matter how much they do that, they still can't overcome the fact that most Republican voters want to vote for Donald Trump. Um, and-, and now they're fine. And, and quite frankly, w- the key to his thing was, OK, they'll run to the right of Trump. That'll get the conservatives all for him. And of course, then they run ads where Trump kind of sympathetic to LBGQ. Uh, no, I thought he was anti-sympathetic. Oh, they were saying Trump was sympathetic. Sympathetic, and then all all the libs go, "Wait a minute! You can't do that. You can't. No, no. We hate Donald Trump. So, um, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, my prediction is still in the end, we're probably going to have Joe Biden and Donald Trump. That's who I want. You know, yeah, That's exactly. Like. And and again, I think because in in the end, Joe Biden, I don't think is running the White House. The people around him are, and they can, you know, after he wins a second term, they don't even have to trot him out at all. No, they can just do a walk. I mean, did you just see the put him in the bedroom and leave did, him there. put him on the beach? Did you see the pictures of him uh-huh. kind of wandering out <laughs> on the beach? Me and Chris Christie ought to get together <laughs> yeah. on the beach. Ooh, that could be weird. <laughs> you cannot unsee that, Chuck. No, you cannot. You cannot unsee Chris Christie. <laughs> Um, hey, that's going to wrap it up for us today. Um, on Wednesday, we're going to talk about this Sound of Freedom movie. Um, it's going to be a little bit more serious, so I should say. Um, and and why why the left is pushing really what's clearly a pedophile agenda and why they're attacking the movie. Well, they're not even attacking the movie. They're attacking the actor. It, said, it says he's a QAnon supporter. And it's like, 
QAnon, guys, that's so 2016, <laughs> you know, <laughs> no one's even talking about QAnon anymore, but we'll talk about that too. And then also we're going to have um, our, our guy, Dr. Jack Schaefer from Mountain West Wellness on to talk a little bit about that too. So great guy. Great yeah, guy. he's a great guy. So that's going to do it for us. Thank you to everybody on Zoom. We love having you there. Remember you can, and to everybody who listens to the shows, whether it's on Twitter or on Rumble, um, as always, thanks to the great guys at BBS and we will see you on Wednesday. Bye-bye.